0: Podcasts have the power to change your life, and I'm hoping that this show with me, Anna Parker Naples, is one that you'll come to to feel a little bit better and a little bit happier. Because this podcast is positively influential. So, Lisa, we—I want to just start by saying how I know Lisa, how she came into my world, and maybe you can add a little bit more to this after. So Lisa reached out because she just had this feeling. She didn't even know why, but she wanted to have a podcast. And we jumped on a call. And lots of the things that Lisa was saying, I was like, yeah, that's that's how I think. That's what I think too. We've got really different businesses, but there's something here. Um, and as I was kind of going through this process of um, evolving, we'd by this point launched Lisa's and in fact relaunched you as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, We went through a period of about three months where any time I was about to post something on social media, Lisa's post would be almost the same words I was going to post. Does that ever happen to any of you? And I was like, this is so weird. And when I started to think about doing this event, every time I thought about it, I thought, I I, I don't know why, but I'm going to ask Lisa to speak. So that's that's my version of how we know each other.
2: Yeah, I think, that, I think that's right. It's funny, we were talking earlier and saying, I kind of forget how I've been introduced to people because the sort of relationship takes over. Do any of you have, it's like, where did we meet? I can't quite remember. Um, but I had exactly that same experience as you of seeing things and going, oh my goodness, I was going to write that today. And then Anna's written it. And I, I, I feel like 2023 is a massive year. For, oh, I'm going to get emotional now.
0: Uh, the tears are coming out, guys. For people who are
2: awake <laughs> and conscious, mm-hmm. and that, you know, a big passion of mine, as you know, is co creation. So I was thinking about that at 4 30 this morning in my hotel when I was awake, going, this feels like a co creation to me. And it's nice that we're a small, intimate group and that we can come together in a way to create something amazing. So that's where I'm
0: holding today. So, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to have a conversation. I have some questions, but I think actually the best conversation after five years of now podcasting is often when we just go, we're just going to see where we go. I'm going to invite any of you who wish to, to ask questions of myself, Lisa, whatever, um, when we're towards the end. So think, what is it I most want to ask? And I'm just going to say to you, the more you ask, the more you're going to get out of today. So... (sighs) Tell us a little bit about your business. What is it you really do? I know we've had the headline. Yeah. We've had that introduction. You describe what you're doing in the world. Well, I really resonated with
2: something you said in the introduction, actually, which is um, how we create businesses that are aligned and integrated in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got a corporate background. I worked in marketing for about 12 years. And then I became a coach. And I realized a couple of years ago, I had this very sort of professional coaching Exterior. You know, I work with big businesses like L'Oreal and Penguin Books and all of those people. But then I had this disconnect where I'm also very spiritual and energetic and I love doing deeper healing work with people. And I realized I had a fear of like, oh, but if I show up as that, are they going to think I'm really like not professional or um, they don't get it? Like, are they ready for it? All of these questions. So That's why I coined this phrase of like soul-led vision and visionary businesses, because I know that when I work with visionaries, and I'm assuming that a lot of people in this room have a big vision for the world, is that right? Yeah. So I work with people to help activate that vision and when I say activate, I mean to bring it into reality because so often I think we have a vision in our minds and we're like, oh, I would love to do that. But somehow we don't bring it out or we don't activate it. We don't make it real. And we wait for something. We wait for all the pieces to line up. So I help people get real clarity on that vision and then create organizations and cultures where other people can co-create with you to deliver the
0: vision? So there's two responses I've got to this. The first is something that I heard you say on another podcast because I have actually done research today. You've been stalking me. I have. Uh, And that you said, and bear in mind there is a follow-up bit to this as well, your mission is to create organizations that are joyful, inspiring and empowering places to be. Yes. So my first question is why? Why is that important? And my second question, having heard the way you describe things is, what's that spiritual fear all about? Mm.
2: So I so I had a corporate career before I became a coach. And I reference this a lot because I think it sort of epitomises where I was and where I am, which is that um, I used to work for Sainsbury's and I used to get in the lift on a Monday and people would be like, oh, it's Monday. Oh my God, it's Monday. And then towards the end of the week, they'd be like, yay, it's nearly the weekend. And I was like, what the i'm allowed to swear you can swear what the fuck is that all about i mean seriously why would you choose to live your life that way and so i I think i'd always had this feeling ever since i was a kid of like life should be joyful and passionate Mm -hmm. and why wouldn't we create life around the things that we love right so i've always had that sense in me ever since i was a child and it got reinforced in my corporate life Mm -hmm. um and i think it's carried on from there and I've really held that vision for a long time. And I think it's now coming to fruition, by the way. So, that fear then, what does that stop you doing? It stops me bringing in that spiritual aspect when I'm working in groups. So, when I'm one to one with someone, mm-hmm. I know where the permission is so I can go for it. And that's a safe space for me.
0: Interesting.
2: Yes. Tell me about the permission. <laughs> um, because I'm always tuning into where somebody's at. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I'm a um, a trained coach um, have been for a long time, but I actually I've always worked in a very energetic, um, connected way. So I get downloads when I coach people. I know stuff about them. I'm feeling into it all the time. So I know I know where those pieces are and because I can make the connection.
0: Then I know how deep to go. So that that fear then I'm really curious about this because yeah. I've experienced this myself. That fear of showing who you are Mm. in what ways does that limit you um it has
2: meant that well it it, last year and probably the year before it meant I kind of fell out of love with my business a bit I got to a point of like oh a bit like you in the events whatever Of like yes I can turn up and I've run these things and everyone's like oh my god it's amazing and I'm like Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's good, you know, and yeah. I get the feedback, People go, it's been life-changing, i will be like, yeah, that's like 20% of what I could actually do if I took the breaks off, and so for me, it's been like a kind of embodiment in myself of that spirituality, and that um, trust in myself, so that I set an intention last year that whatever I do, I show up as all the pieces of me, whether you like it or not.
0: That's been quite interesting to watch, actually, Lisa, because... Um I, we don't know each other well, I should mention that as well, like this first time we've met in person, we've obviously worked together deeply because I've consulted on on Lisa's show, but you have changed your life over the period of two years that I've known you, so talk a little bit about, as you're stepping more into who you really are, what that looks like in your day-to-day now. Yeah, I mean, I talk a lot about alignment and integration. And that's been a real
2: process for me over the last uh, last five years, but more intensely in the last couple of years. Um, so I left my marriage as a result. Um, I got divorced. I've moved location many times. And um, now settled in Bournemouth, which I totally love. I set this intention that my life was going to feel like being on holiday all the time. And so now I walk my dog on the beach every day and I'm like, yay, I feel like I'm on holiday. It's amazing. So, I, so I've moved house. I've got divorced. I have Changed my business in a number of ways, and actually, it's just going through another evolution now. Um, but I have to say that I feel happier now, aged. I think I'm, what am I? Fifty-four, I think.
0: <laughs> um, that I have ever have in my life, which is a really good thing to do because ultimately, yeah. if we're not happy, what are we doing? Yeah. So, in choosing to, in choosing to kind of change direction with your business, and having this banner of the visionary collective. What are the most challenging parts of making that decision?
2: Um, I have had to let go of work that doesn't um, align with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a knock-on effect from that, presumably. Definitely. Last year was tough financially mm-hmm. um, because I just, I just literally could not make myself do stuff I didn't feel passionately about anymore. And actually, I'm, I'm, integrity is a big value of mine. So I felt like if I'm doing this work and I'm not really behind it, it's out of integrity for me and yep. I can't do that. Um, and I've had to really trust. And I'm a single parent, I, uh, I've i got an 11 year old daughter. And so, you know, I don't get any financial assistance. So my businesses are, you know, security. Um, and I've had to really trust. I've had moments where like, honestly, have been like, I have no idea where this is going or where the next piece of work is coming from or, or anything else. Um, and I have just had to trust. And that's really tough when you're a single parent, you know, with the stuff that you've got to do every month, right? It's a tough place to be. But I've been really challenged in that this year or last year.
0: One of the things that um, I have heard you talking about before and certainly in our conversations is your desire to help elevate consciousness. Yes. And that the, the way that you're playing a part in that is by influencing these large organizations and the heads of them. Talk to me about what that means for you. Oh gosh that's a big question. It is a big question. (laughs) Um, I didn't bring you
2: here for it to be easy. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think any of us that are conscious and awake and working with people on a deep level are elevating consciousness ultimately Mm -hmm. and I actually the last podcast which hasn't gone out yet is about not about competitiveness and actually that I believe competitiveness is is like the death of an organisation because you know, it's about how we come together and create a multiplying effect. So what I'm doing in organizations now is really allowing the founder to have their vision, because I work with a lot of founder-led organizations, Um, but then connecting with everyone at that vision level. So when you and I come together, and you're strongly in your vision, and I'm strongly in mine, and what we're looking for is that magic point where the two things come together. And that's what I'm creating over organizations, so that you don't merge into me and I don't merge into you, but we go, oh, this is interesting, I love what she says. How does your vision connect with my vision? And how do we come together to compound that? and create an
0: elevation in consciousness that's making me think about so in nlp we talk about well what you know what's the win-win situation and so often in life we actually go for the win lose situation i'm right you're wrong yes and actually life is better for everybody if it's win-win yes when you're working with those visionaries you know we're talking about huge names yes huge 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 names that literally are shaping particularly in the uk um massive movements okay so what's the most surprising thing about how they're thinking and behaving that you can share with us what do you see i
2: i think it's very interesting you know I've, I've developed my own kind of methodology mm. called the visionary way and and that's very much based around the strengths of visionaries and how amazing they are but also the challenges they face right and i was actually having a conversation with someone about this just earlier that my experience of visionaries is they kind of download stuff, like I'm sure many people in this room do, right? Mm-hmm. So they have this vision and it's it's kind of gifted to them, you know. I say sometimes they've got like a direct line to the universe, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that thing. And then they feel so passionately about it. Then no matter the mm. challenges, they're gonna deliver on it. And yes. that's extraordinary,
0: right? I, I resonate that with that myself. Like it, no matter someone telling me that don't do that, you're nuts, what do you do? I'm still gonna do yes, it. Yes.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And that's amazing. The the biggest challenge that visionaries have is being able to work with other people so those people can also embody and activate the vision. Because often as the visionary, you're up here somewhere. Going, oh, I see this big vision of movement where business is going to be a force for change in the world, right? And the people that I'm working with here are like, you what? Sorry, ha- ha- like we're I like just dealing- come in because I'm working in accounts today, and I can't <laughs> wait for lunch. Yeah. And, I, and I'm literally like trying to get through the day. And you're talking about elevating consciousness. What the hell is that about? So I'm so I'm finding ways in my own organisation too to translate that vision down so that it doesn't just rest on you as a founder. And you can create organisations where people are autonomous and in their own vision and passionate and excited. And that's when you create
0: movements. And I'm really interested in
2: creating movements, as you know.
0: What do you think was the, the first major light bulb moment you had that's led you to where you are now? What was the first one that you kind of went, this isn't working? What was that point in your life where you knew something had to, ch- had to shift? Um, I think there's been a number of them
2: actually because this has been an ongoing journey but I think one of the big ones was when I worked in corporate life and I worked in marketing and I I enjoyed it but I never loved it and I never felt like I was like really good at it because it just didn't connect with me in that way um, and then two things happened They we, we'd done this big campaign at Sainsbury's and it was a huge success and everybody was in the pub celebrating and I distinctly remember standing in that room going I just don't care I, I just don't I, like I just don't feel it I don't care so I knew something had to shift then and then they sent me on this leadership program where the it was coaching was part of it this is a you know nigh on 20 years ago sent me on this leadership program and I saw these coaches in the room and I was like oh, you're gonna make a job doing that and I always mentored people. I always, the people bit was the interesting bit to me. So when I discovered, and I say this is going back 20 years, so coaching was quite new then, that you could actually make a living doing this thing called coaching. You really can. And talking to people and having these amazing experiences and an impact in the world, I was like, oh my God, that's for me. And I, I say to people, I am more excited about my job now than I've ever been. And I'm like
0: nigh on 20 years in, you know? I'm going to quote you here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you often quoted. <laughs> an amazing thing that Lisa kind of segued into an episode that, she, that we were producing for her was the bravest thing we can ever do is show up as ourselves. Mm. What's the bravest thing that you've shared and why did it matter to do that? Um,
2: I... So I've shared a lot about my divorce and I've been really... I've been really open about it. And, it, but, and it's and it been difficult for two reasons. One is I had to get over this feeling of failure um, in it. And also I had to share in a way that was open for me and respectful to my ex-husband because he's on his own journey. Um, but I feel like that's probably the most transformational thing that's happened to me. And I believe everything happens for a reason. And it's been a hugely transformational experience for me and again I knew that when I first it was my decision and I remember being in my house in the pits of the whole experience right and I was in my office and I just thought I know it's happening for a reason I know in my gut it's the right thing and I know it's happening for a reason and I know I'll have to share about it and I know it's been a lot of what's resonated with people and also my parenting with my daughter through that has also been a big thing for people. So I am, I am like in this funny place with my business where it will start to talk about parenting and relationships and those things because of this sense of alignment and integration.
0: It is a challenge. And in fact, I've been... I've had to, someone recently challenge me not to say the word challenge anymore. <laughs> but... When we know that we are consciously modelling behaviours for other people and yet there are things that we know it's not right to share mm. because it would hurt somebody yeah. that we're close to or we were close to, there's there's a line, isn't there? Yeah. And I think even
2: even though I have been really mindful about what I say... And I've only shared it from my perspective. I have had people violently disagree with me on it and and it's probably the thing I've got most flack for, actually with people that know him so but I've had to be i'm just like I'm just sharing my version of it in order to help things move forward and it's I can't not share it and be um I don't think you can share to be authentic in some places and not in others yeah. right So if I
0: didn't share that, I wouldn't be being authentic. It's yeah. such a huge part of my experience and for me. And my choices around what I do and don't share is that if I'm re- if we're really looking at helping people, helping influence how people live their lives, we've got to, we've got to share the harder stuff as well, not just the, the polish. Yeah. So we're going to ask for some questions in a moment, but before we do, mm-hmm. what is the, what is the wisdom, or the knowledge, that you feel? most important to share with as many people as you can if you were to j- just drop in and think about that i think simply
2: that life is meant to be joyful and passionate and purposeful every day so not like in five years in the future when we've created x y and z and i and again that was one of my light bulb moments i remember in the, say in the thick of my divorce When we were still living in the same house and it was really difficult going on the train to london to an event and as i sat on the train i had this moment and i thought how weird i'm actually really happy and it was such a bizarre thing to me because none of the external circumstances you know added up to happiness at that point (laughs) but i sat on the train i thought i'm really happy isn't this interesting you know and it's been such an amazing moment for me because it made me realize that it actually doesn't matter what the external circumstances are and you can be and maybe happy is not the right word but um on your path fulfilled Mm -hmm. you know feeling strong in yourself no matter what the circumstances and I
0: think if we know that we've got ultimate power I've got another quote yours and then we're going to take questions so one of the things Lisa said on one of the podcasts that we produce <laughs> is the germ of what you were meant to do is there as a child. Yeah. I want you guys to just let that sink, sink in. I know for me that that's very much true. Yes, I'm um, Thinking right back to your assembly age five and I really wanted to be in front of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get some questions now. Um, I think we've probably got time for three. We'll do three and then we'll see where we're at. So hands up. Who has a question you'd like to pose to me? Lisa, please don't be shy. So we've got Nicole Posner. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi, Nicole.
2: well i think i'm actually living that with my daughter so my daughter's 11 years old she is extraordinary um and i think i think the message that i would give myself and what i'm doing with her is just to be yourself and to follow your intuition to um to trust yourself you know, and this has been a huge journey for her in the whole, you know, the divorce situation with my husband. And I said somebody earlier, my husband and I are like, we're like the polar opposites of, how, of what we believe in life and how we live life. And so that's a very interesting thing to grow up with as a child. And she's been in that since she was five. Um, and she's extraordinary and her wisdom is extraordinary. But what I've always held for her is that she's wise You know, I had to actually stop in the divorce of thinking she's this poor little child in the midst of it and hold the fact that she's a massive energy and an old soul. And that was a huge shift for me. I trusted her that she would be able to deal with it and that she would know the right things to do. And when I was young, I I always wanted to do something in caring. You know, I always wanted to. I was always about caring for people. Um, but I was brought up in a very traditional way. And my dad was like, you need to go to university and use your brain and da, 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 da. You know, so I, I don't regret it because it, all these choices lead to where we are. Right. Um, but I could have followed my path more quickly if, I,
0: if somebody had trusted that I knew the best for me when I was young. So interesting. I think many of us uh, resonate with that. I know that I've taken a lot longer to be where I am because I felt pressured, pressured, maybe the wrong word, heavily influenced to go somewhere else first. Yeah. Another question. Have we got another question? Go on, don't be shy. Thank you. You talk a lot about joy.
2: Mm. How, does, how does it feel with you when you get to a client and you realise that actually their joy bucket is completely empty?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. that they joy got a bucket. leaky one. Leaky bucket.
1: <laughs> you got a
2: leaky bucket, yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a very delicate balance between meeting somebody where they're at and not jumping in the bucket with them. So, so my my coaching, the way I work with people is to hold a space of potential for them. And I find it's interesting because I, I almost don't listen to a lot of what they say to me. And <laughs> I don't listen with my brain. I listen energetically to what's going on. And I'm looking for the pieces where there's a spark. I'm looking for that energy. Now, you know, sometimes people just have to process. And, and you know, I might have a session with somebody where they just cry through the whole session because they've been so, like, oh, you know. But actually, out of that emotion, you can access joy often, I find. So people will often, when they first come and see me, I used to have this joke, so I'm going to be the coach that makes people cry. That seems to be my job. Um, and, you know, people come and, you know, they'll start to well up and get emotional and apologise. And I'm like, no, 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 emotion, energy, emotion you know let it all out why are we holding on so tight so it's looking for those access points for me and knowing that it's a journey and sometimes people have to purge stuff to get to the joy um but often there is a spark of something you know there's something they love or there's something in their life that triggers that sense for me the beach is my most joyful place i can let you be having a crap day and i go on the i live in bournemouth i go to the top of the beach the, the seafront i'm going to walk down as soon as i see it i just go oh I, that's it, I'm here. So it's finding those moments of connection for people, I think. And I might steal that th- phrase as well, joy bucket, I like that. Leaky,
0: jo- <laughs> leaky joy bucket, trademark it, quick. <laughs> uh, one last question. In the light of what you said about co-creation um, and your interest in
2: movements, have you got a sense of um, if we were to co-create a positive movement right now, what might be the most influential one for where we are as a race? In this room or generally in life? Um, you know we, mean? Mean? we could start in this room and then just blow okay. <laughs> it out. So I so one of the things I found with visionary founders and people who hold a big vision is they often feel lonely and they feel like um oh, that always makes me emotional it makes me emotional because
0: it's so true <laughs> it's so
2: true and and, mm. and they feel like god i'm the like the weird one and nobody gets me and and like you said at the beginning anna there's this desire and i have this desire for deep connection i don't do chit chat really i'm like banging no deep i've got to go deep down yeah so i i think and i think this has really been amplified by covid so I think we're coming into a place in the world where there is a real desire for deep connection and intimacy. And working in the corporate world, I know a lot of people that are going, actually it's not worth, c- I don't want to come here you know, and leave my kids if I don't love my job. Why would I even do that to myself? I want to have that purpose and meaning and connection. So I think, and Anna and I have talked about this, you know, creating forums where we can come together as visionaries, as people who hold a vision for the world, and want to create positive change in the world, and forums where you go, oh my God, there are people like me out there. I feel recognized and seen. I think that's the biggest shift that's gonna happen. And so knowing that you can co-create and your success doesn't take away from my success. And actually, if I can see that like that uniqueness in
0: you and you can see the uniqueness in me, we can build something extraordinary together. What that makes me think is that we can only see it if we show it. Yeah. We can only see it if we show it. Yeah. So how can we show it a little bit more? Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me on stage today, Lisa. Um, I think it's been it's been thought provoking, and it's so interesting that our language and our, the way we see things is so similar. And and that I just want to just go back to that that moment of think thinking yeah, loneliness is such an epidemic. Never mind COVID. It was, it, it. I think it made us all retract a little. I mean, actually, there were points about being at home all day that I really quite liked. I didn't have to do the school run anymore. Hell, a flipping <laughs> new year. Didn't have to take them to swimming, football, hockey, drama, all the things. But the the loneliness and then the retraction that people were doing, people, whether they were introvert or extrovert, this happened. And even today, like, we found getting people to come today harder than we've ever found it before Mm. there's still a reticence for connection yeah even though it's people's deepest need yeah we have we have one urgent question go on then Jessica let's get you the microphone
1: hi thank you so much it's been beautiful to hear what you've been saying I completely connect and one thing that's just come to me is that the natural human form of when we are in our openness and space and connection but then we go back to the fear and when we came out of covid i experienced a feeling from others that they were going back to the old behavior the old way out of fear and as we talk about being able to be in a movement and and show up how can we show that without disconnecting we've talked about meeting people where they're at and daring allowing them you know showing them and daring that they can be connected from that heart-centered place rather than the mind and what would you say to the other mums at school and the other mums who are back to the dog eat dog trampling on each other to get to where they need to be even if they don't feel great doing it it's all they've ever known and when we go back to the fear that's what we can see
2: yeah and and this is partly why i'm so passionate about that movement because it does you know i I, my my intention is that the way we're being with each other today becomes the norm that we just flip the whole blinking switch basically i'm very fortunate my child goes to a steiner school which has been part of the evolution in the last um Uh, Two years, I deliberately sought a location where she could go to an alternative school, and so and we were there in the second lockdown, and so we just decided as a community we were going to ignore it all and hug each other and meet up and (laughs) do whatever, which we did. (laughs) Should I say that on camera? Um, Anyway, (laughs) but 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 we did, and and for me, physical affection is really important, and I and I I don't have another adult in my household, so I was like, I can't go through all this time without a hug and without that connection with another adult human being. Um, so I'm very fortunate, and I did that deliberately, to be in that alternative kind of community where people are pretty conscious and awake. Um, but I think, actually, we, we only change things by modelling. You know, it, it's in ourselves, isn't it? We have to be the one that's open. We have to be the one that's prepared to be the weirdo, right, in order to show people that they can be open and do differently too. And I think it it can only come from there. And and actually it's so interesting because I work a lot with business people, quite often that's not as far away as you think it is. So I get people turn up with their nice corporate persona and I'm looking for that little bit where we can go deep. And often it's only about five minutes in. And people because people want the connection. We just have to give them
0: permission through yes. the way we're being. Yeah. So as we wrap up this interview, my question for those listening and watching today is, how can you let out more of your weird? (laughs) We like weird in (laughs) our family. It's a strength in our family. Okay, well, thank you so much, Lisa. Let's give her a nice big round of applause. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have got lots up our sleeve for Positively Influential, with some live events coming your way soon. Make sure that you are on the wait list to find out exactly what we're up to at www.annapn.co events. So you make sure that you are in the room with us sucking up those vibes
1: that are positively influential.